God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody who's tuning in today, and I'm joined by Leonor Cravota. Hello, Leonor. Good morning, Scott. So did you catch that French uh, election? Yes, I did indeed, and that's why I'm here. I'm here to discuss it. Um, I wrote a piece over at the American Spectator about the results of the first round of the French election. The French uh, go to two rounds, unless somebody takes more than 50% of the vote, which never happens because their elections are kind of set up as like a jungle election. But Emmanuel Macron, the the current president of France, took 27.6% of the vote, and he was followed by Marine Le Pen of the far right. National Rally Party with 23%. And voter voter participation was 74%, uh, which is a little bit lower than uh, in 2017 when it was seven, uh, close to 78%. But the premise of my article is I spoke about Valérie Picasse, who actually came in fifth, and she's part of the traditional Republican Party, the party of Jacques Chirac uh, and Valérie Giscard d'Estaing, the party that was established when Charles de Gaulle set up the Fifth Republic in 1958. She only came in with a paltry 4.8%. And the premise of my article is about whether there is a future for a traditional right party in France, meaning a party that's a little bit more in the center. And just to make a quick comparison, Valérie Picross on the economic issues is about economic reform. She wants to raise the retirement age to to 65 from 62. She wants to uh, cut corporate taxes. She wants to increase the 35-hour work week, ways in which we can improve the budget. And then in, then in terms of uh, restoring order, she wants to get rid of the riots in the streets. She wants, you know, that's been a lot of her platform. But if you contrast her with Marine Le Pen, uh, who uh, is the, you know, been described as the far right candidate from the from what's now called National Rally. She wants to reduce the retirement age even even below 62, down to 60 if you've been working for 40 years. And she also has protectionist economic policies, such as, uh, or, you know, price fixing and uh, giving subsidies to struggling industries. So so it's interesting. To, so, my, so my thinking is, 
you have to look at what's happened in the last two elections, because in both cases, the Republican candidate, the traditional candidate, didn't make it to the second round. And this also happened in a parliamentary election that the that the traditional party didn't do well, the 2019 parliament, uh, the 2019 European parliamentary election. So so the question I pose with the article is, is it the is it the message or is it the messenger? And it's definitely a lot of food for thought. Now, as we move forward from the election, we've got two candidates. We've got uh, Macron and Picross and what's, excuse me, Macron and uh, Le Pen. And what's going to happen now is you're going to see some movements to across the spectrum to appeal to a wider variety of voters. Now, Picross has already in her concession speech stated that she will support Macron. So the people that are of the center right, many of them will follow Pécras to um, to support Macron. Now Le Pen, who has already modulated her uh, viewpoints, she fo- has focused less on uh, the hardline immigration issues and more on the economy, talking about giving people more power at the purse. She's going to move a little bit more to the center so that people don't think she's as radical. And even in the campaign itself, she came across as less radical than Eric Zemmour, the television host and journalist who joined the race, who who was even more to the right than she was. And then Macron, who's got the biggest challenge of all, even though he's the incumbent and supposedly would have an advantage, the difference in his vote and his uh, ratio to Le Pen's was only a a little less than four points. And in the last election, he easily beat her 66% to 33% in the second round. That's not as likely this time and because the, there is a greater interest in the politics of a, of a Le Pen. And, you know, that opens a broader conversation, not just about France, but about, you know, Europe in general, about the United States, about other countries, that we're losing the center. We're going to the to the two extremes. And if we are doing that on the broader scale, what happens to the people that are still in the center? What do they do? Who do they latch on to? They go the way of the Bushes. Jeb Bush was a centrist. Yeah. Uh, Or so-called centrist. You know, I I really think that this is a a bit of a globalist thing. You know, um, so you have the... uh, Le Pen as, you know, kind of a reputation of far right, but she's moving toward the center, sort of like what we were seeing Trump do. Right. I think that Trump, he's sort of understanding, you know, because he was in Salem, North Carolina. Yeah. And he made some endorsements that everybody's unhappy about. Dr. Oz, for example, you know, pro-abortion Dr. Oz. Uh, tr- pro-trans Dr. Oz, you know, I mean, it's just absolutely that, absurd. That flies in the face of everything that the Republican Party's been talking about for the last few years. Right, right, exactly. He's just he's just more of the same kind of crap. And, and, and the same thing I've been talking about J.D. Vance, right, because I know J.D. Vance is tied at the hip with Mitt Romney and Evan McMullen, and he's just basically going to be more bad news for the Senate. And and then you got this Ortega. Uh, I don't really know exactly what the history is on Ar- Ortega. It's spelled O-R-T-A-G-U-G-U-S. Yeah. Yes, I know her she is. But, yeah. but uh, she's from Tennessee, and that was a bad endorsement. And you wonder, like, who's given um, Trump advice for these endorsements? Um, in some part, though, I did read uh, where, you know, uh, they make these decisions sometimes based on strategic uh, values yeah. and like for example, uh, uh, Doctor Oz's wife has this big, huge company in Pennsylvania 
that can control certain counties that Trump lost. Okay, so you take that into consideration. You say, well, maybe strategically that might help him win Pennsylvania. What does he care? Right. He just wants to win. And uh, politics makes strange bedfellows. I don't think that Trump was ever great friends with Lindsey Graham. But Lindsey Graham, I think, had some leverage on Trump because he was he was using the the impeachment from the House to uh, basically gain leverage over a Trump endorsement and a uh, you know, and I think that that it's those kinds of things that help help us understand why it is that we got a Christopher Ray. We know now that the FBI is fabricating crimes. They're literally fabricating yeah. crimes to help the Democrat Party. Yeah. You know, this this whole thing about Whitmer and the kidnapping up in Michigan is blowing up in their faces. And there's just no way to explain it away at this point. And we were always scratching our head regarding Las Vegas shooting and so many others. We know that the Russian hoax and we know Peter Strzok and Lisa Page and all those people. That sounds were like corrupt. such a blast from the past. Yeah, at this absolutely. Point. But you know, this is what's this is the kind of thing that's been going on. And so, you know, I look at this uh, election now. Who's the um the male figure that got seven percent uh Oh, that's Eric Zemmour. Yeah, and, Zemmour. And, and and the reason why I bring this up is and it's important is Paycross uh, and Zemmour back in the fall were really resonating. A lot of people thought uh Zemmour could have been the yeah. candidate and and in as recently as December they thought Paycross. And Zemmour yeah, was it uh, was very charismatic. Valerie, Valerie Paycross though then turns out that she endorses and supports Macron in this in the second election. Right, the uh, one coming up in a couple of weeks. I think there was some type of handshake that happened. Yeah, of course, it was a handshake grease with a lot of friends. Because she, because because I have since heard, and I'm not that, talking about hot dogs. No, no, and I, no, no, because I have since heard her. Camp, <laughs> they don't have the Frank anymore. No, no, her can't. No, they don't have the Frank anymore. Her her campaign is, uh, you know, financially in trouble, and there's some gu- there's some guidelines that if you don't get a certain threshold, you can't get reimbursed by no, the state. Look, so she's are looking made. for money. You want you want some money, you know. And the thing about it is. Macron has more money than everybody because he could take money out of the government's coffers because we've seen the Bidens do it. You know, yeah. they, they they have six ways till Sunday to figure out how to grab some money out of a certain fund or and finance a certain contract on a certain, you know, you know what I'm saying? Are you talking about the big guy? Yeah, the big guy. <laughs> but, um, you know, the thing is, is that there's so many ways you could pay somebody off. Right. My, you know, so-and-so's husband, you know, like Nancy Pelosi's husband. Yeah. And speaking of Nancy Pelosi, you know. She has COVID. She has COVID. So does uh, Jackie Spears. And so does Eric Adams. There was and an incident was, at a uh, at a country club yeah, in uh, D.C. Schiff. Uh, the Gridiron Club where a whole so, people came down, a whole bunch of people came down with COVID. people came. And then uh, at the same time, and Dr. Fauci was at that thing. At the same time, Dr. Fauci's on on the news saying, "I think we're going to have to go back and uh, get get back, you know, get more vaccines, more boosters, and we're going to have to, you know, uh, wear the mask again. The, we're we're going to wear the mask." Hey, Scott, that was pretty good. I think you got to keep working <laughs> on it, but I think you've got the Fauci accent down pretty well. Yeah, well, let's see. Let's see if I'm, I'm right about that because um, we're going to go ahead and take a take a quick listen to. Dr. Fauci, now here's the thing. I think that this is a setup for more election fraud. What do you think? 
Well, I think it could be a setup for more election fraud. And you know, the funny thing is, as you're pulling that up, the, the, a lot of people were saying, how is it that the French could get their election figured out in just a few hours? Yeah, well, that's, that's and, a, well, and I and I, and I actually want to answer yeah. that real quickly. Well, they opened the polls at 8 a.m. They closed them at, uh, at 8 p.m. And yes, there was some overseas. Uh, there were mail-in votes, some mail-in votes from the overseas countries. But they basically knew around 8.20 who was who was going to make yeah, it to the next round. 20 minutes after the poll And closed. they required picture ID. Do you know why? You know why? It takes, we, we were talking about this. It takes three to five minutes to fill out a ballot, right? So you walk in, you fill out your ballot, takes three to five minutes. You know how long it would take somebody to put that through a scanner and give you a receipt like you're coming out of a CVS, but not half as long as the CVS receipt? Because the CVS receipt, you could actually side this. It's got too many coupons on it. That's you, what could, the, you, you could do the siding on your house with a, a CVS receipt. That's because Have it you keeps telling you all your bones. Yeah, I see them all the time. I go to CVS it's, it's constantly. Like, are you serious? This yeah. is a roll of toilet paper. Well, that's what it's intended to be. It gives you all your bonus <laughs> bonus points. But the other reason <laughs> no, why... The, but, but here's the thing. Yeah. So... Um, Oh gosh, I forgot what you, was you, you were going to talk about. You were going to play a Fauci clip. Then I made a comment no. about France, and then you brought up the CVS toilet paper. Uh, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. All right. No. So no. I, the only other point I'll make about a difference in the elections is there's they, they have a direct vote for the president. So people, oh. so despite some apathy, people do care about it a little bit more no. because there's no electoral college. I think that what happens is you know they, they require ID. Yes. Uh, and then the other part is you fill it out. It takes you three to five minutes to fill out a ba- ballot. But you take that ballot, you know, you, you circle in the numbers, and you know, boom, 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 right? You yeah. circle them in. And if you get a green checkbox, then it means, okay, the scanner didn't see any errors. Yeah. Right? And, you know, so what you do is you just scan it in. Yeah. And then you print out a receipt like CVS. Yeah. Right? Or like any shopping yeah. store. Right? Boom. Here's your receipt. Yeah. Verify that this is exactly what you intended to do. Yep. Right. And here it is, just a boom, a little printed receipt, just like a CVS receipt, or just like a, like a grocery slip. Yeah. Right. Boom. There it is, and you get it, and you leave. Yeah. Now, if you have a complaint with the head on, you know, you can come back and say, "I didn't vote this way." Yeah. Right. That would make everybody feel great about yeah. their vote, and not only that, but it's paper. You fill it out. It takes three minutes. Guess how long it takes for, to run that scanner and get a receipt? Well, at the store, it takes about, what, 30 seconds? Yep. So that means that you can actually do the count, and it counts it as well. Mm-hmm. So you scan it in. The sheet of paper goes into the bin. Yep. It's now a paper ballot that's sitting in a stack of ballots. Yep. And once that tray fills up, you take that tray and put it somewhere, mm-hmm. right? But there's also a computerized um, verification of that. So you, not only do you have the paper ballot, you have the uh, computer cal- cal- calculation, and you have the printed receipt. And yeah. the, the printed receipt would be the, your reflection that you know it's accurate. Yeah. I, I don't know why we're not doing that. You know, and and not only that, but have cameras in every single facility. Uh, I'm a big fan of surveillance cameras. And then if there's an audit. Or any kind of account, you get a casino-like camera array to verify everything, signature verifications, and all kinds of stuff. But we shouldn't even need all that. We've proven already that we're not capable of being honest 
uh, whether it's the Republicans or the Democrats, it doesn't matter. As soon as you put chain of custody into question, which is what what we've done with these open borders and with these mail-in ballots and with this COVID restrictions mm-hmm. and all and and the lack of voter ID and everything else in between, no citizenship question on the census, right? Every single little thing that could help you commit fraud is what the Democrats support, and so I'm saying until you can't get if you can't get the chain of custody down, then you got to vote in person. You got to vote with an ID. And in France, they had these little blue cards. They put them in a thing. I mean, I think that they could even do it faster if you did it the way I was talking about. You know, you, you take your ballot, you hand it to a person, they scan it. 30 seconds, you get a receipt. Now that, that piece of paper is in a stack somewhere. You have a receipt. Yep. And it's also in the computer. And I don't know why we don't do that. And you could get that result that night because it takes 30 seconds to count. For every three to five minutes yeah. of voting. That means that you should ha- be ahead. You should be ahead of the count. Yeah. Right? Am I right? Yeah, you should be. Yeah. And then you get an end total. You submit those up into the, the master system somewhere. And that should be it. Well, you should write to Anne Hildago. She's the mayor of Paris. And uh, she only got 1.74% of the vote for the traditional Socialist Party. Maybe she's got some more time now that her okay, campaign's over. Okay, so I over. to say something about that. So uh, Valerie Petras. 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 Valerie Petras. She she was a bit of an establishment elitist kind of thing. But she reminds me of like the Bushes, where the Bushes would actually rather vote for a Hillary Clinton than a Donald Trump. Well, that's a very good analogy. And but the funny thing was, was two days beforehand, they call themselves a conservative, she, but two days beforehand, she said she what that that there was she wouldn't take a position saying, in the Macron administration. Yeah, and, yeah and, and, but she lied, just like that woman, the the Senate candidate uh, in Georgia, uh, that was running for re-election. Um, As you said before, politics makes strange bedfellows. Right, but in this case, you know the other the other aspect of it. Is the, and the reason why we asked this question, I said, so why, we're going to talk about this French election. I said, why, why is this important for the Scott Adams Show audience? Why is this important? And, and I actually think it is. I think just like Orban um, from Hungary, I think that's an important uh, tea leaf. I think that what's happening in Poland is an important tea leaf. I think that you know if we can see where the conservatives are, are booming – and in Italy, for example, I think there was a tremendous amount of election fraud there. They would have probably had a very similar uh, result, but there was endless amount of fraud there. They, it's chaotic the way they run their system. There's one um, other point, though, real quickly, I, about the French but, election. Yeah, and then I, I wanted to just say um, also, uh, okay, so then um, the guy, Valerie Petras. You're talking about Eric Zemmour? Yeah. Now, he is... Further right than Le Pen. Yes. But uh, well, he didn't perform well. well Le Pen's he got brand it. recognition. Well, he actually did very. He had brand recognition too. He was. A, he was like. A, he was almost like celebrity. some people were. Yeah. He was a celebrity, but he, and he was doing very he well. He was almost but, like a Sarkozy. Well, not exactly, not but okay. uh, but he was. More, people were likening him more to Trump because you know he had a, he had a television show. He was a journalist. He was a whole bunch of other things. But he cratered. But the only other point I want to make about the French election is if Marine Le Pen does indeed become the president, 
this is how it impacts the other countries broadly. She's made recommendations like she wants France to get out of NATO. I mean, she's talked about things like that that are far that are f- more f- well, wide reaching. She's so, more in line with uh, Putin than well that, than, than the globalists well, in Ukraine. Well, and that and that and has by, by been way, a little bit of a negative factor. But then again, you know, you and I keep having this conversation <laughs> about about Russia all the time. Well, you know, and I'm not a Putin fan. But, I'm not either. But you know, there is this thing we're going to be talking about today called BRICS. Yeah, and that's Brazil, India, China, Russia, getting together and starting their own currency. Thank you, thank you, Joe Biden, for that because <laughs> you know, I mean, you know that that was the one thing we had an advantage over. Yeah, uh, the one thing saving our economy. Yeah, and yet you, now you have the globalists wanting to control cryptocurrency and blockchain, and. This kind of currency, whether it's a yuan, petro yuan uh, out of China, or the uh, ruble that's now uh, tie, tying themselves to the gold, to the gold standard, <clears throat> these are all fundamentally fundamental game changers. Mm-hmm. These are huge deals on the grand scheme of things. As a result of this new world order, that's what it's about. That's what I've been trying to say for the last several several weeks, and. I, I actually think that um, just like, you know, they're abolishing Title 42 and they're going to allow 18,000 people in a day yeah. uh, through our southern border to the point where, yeah, um, uh, the, if you listen to the AG from Texas, Patrick, I think is his last name, um, you know, he, AG Patrick, he uh, said that the United States is going to be 20% illegal. Yeah. 20% illegal and they're going to get green cards they're going to get an ID because they can't work without that. And what are you going to do if you can't work, right? You're going to steal. You're going to right? steal or you're going to be hiding in the shadows in an underground economy. So so they're going to have this green card system that's going to get them an ID. That ID is going to turn into a voter ballot. And you know how this is going to go. Yeah. And so <clears throat> it's uh, you cannot do this. This is illegal. Somebody needs to be able to stop the madman in the White House from actually ruining and destroying our country because they have some sort of a political agenda that's absolutely extraordinarily extreme. And and they got to put an end to it. And that's where the I think the, the only recourse that the Congress is going to have is the 25th Amendment. And it's not just because if he committed election fraud. It's not just because the Biden crime family is corrupt as hell. But it's going to have to be because he's doing so many things that are destroying the fabric of our nation. It's impacting our health. Now we have this COVID spike, right, that's come up. And we're going to let 18,000 people unchecked into our system? Right. It going to Westchester on a bus and a plane in the middle of the night? And, and they're all on top of each other when they come in. There's yeah, no social distancing insane. happening. It's a health concern. It's a financial concern. It's a comp- competition for our medical resources. It's a competition for our schools. And, and then already our schools are under attack by these teachers. We have a bunch of clips we're going to play. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, I'm looking wackadoodles. forward to that. Yeah. Well, let's take a listen to Dr. Fauci, what he said over the weekend. I have a feeling this is going to be part of a strategy to rig the election. Period. End of story. But the idea that we're going to see an uptick, I think people need to appreciate that that's the case and follow the CDC guidelines because, remember... 
when the metrics were put forth, the new metrics, looking at the guidance of masking, it was said that if we do start seeing an uptick, particularly of hospitalizations, we may need to revert back to being more careful and having more utilizations of masks indoor. But right now, we're watching it very, very carefully. Yeah, well, masks don't work. And not only that, but everywhere they've actually increased the mandates and increased the mask wearing and increased all these things. You see these charts where the spikes, they, they have no impact in a po- any positive way. They have no impact on on the numbers. The numbers, and the numbers are going to be the numbers. And they say, well, everybody's vaccinated, so you don't have, you know, now it's just a common cold. You know, and uh, I think uh, some some of these politicians, these left-wing politicians, said as much, like, oh, I got COVID, but you know, it's not so bad. It's like a real mild cold because I had the trice vaccine, I've been trice vaccinated. But you know, the way that the way they've uh, countered this whole thing is people were resisting it so much. And so now it's become, okay, if you're not vaccinated, and vaccinated is now defined as having the booster shot, you have a COVID test two to depending on the type of COVID test two to three days before you fly or before you have a procedure or whatever the story is, and you're fine. And I think people are more willing to accept Accept that they're willing to accept the test because it's less invasive than having to have the vaccine. And but that's been the way it's been the public push that's caused that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, do you want to uh, head over to um, the Looney Tune clips of these teachers? Yeah, I just, want to hear that. Yes. Well, this this one this one this is almost oh, it's absolutely ridiculous. Huh. Is this a school that I know of growing up? Where is it see. located? Does it say? Hold on. No, this is Boston, Massachusetts. I was going to say because I, I knew a school in in West Virginia, Brook. Yeah, well, that's a West common Virginia. name. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, they spelled it with an e at the end, though. Hmm. And um, I was like, whoa! <laughs> I remember wrestling, Brook. Uh, you know, one of the bigger uh, championship tournaments that I won was a kid yeah. over Brook. He who beat me, and then I beat him. Beat him back. Yeah, you beat him back. Okay. Championship. Um, in any case, um, in any case, uh, no. Okay, so this teacher, first grade teacher, records an identity share Zoom call. This is to me is scary. Yeah, I love this tweet where I read it and it says, uh, "You could tell my kids about school if you let me tell your uh, your kids about Jesus." <laughs> A good one. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's because this is an attack on this is attack on culture. This is a cultural war. It's a cultural war. It's it's attack on our Judeo Christian foundation, and it's stealing the control from the parents. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know what, people hold their God sacred and as the number one uh, thing in their life, right? You know, the number one entity in my life the grace of god they give to and and so it you cannot penetrate that yeah and and government can't penetrate that well that's that what faith in god right well that's and, what people are being they tortured they it and they, pe- people are being tortured and they stand up and say my god will save me and they're working on yeah. future generations yeah that's, See, what that's doing. what's happening that's what they're doing yeah it's absolutely ridiculous you know jada jada pinkin for example I couldn't possibly play this video uh, audio clip. It's so insane. Yeah. And she's talking about self-pleasure. 
and how her grandmother told her about self-pleasure and all this, that, and the other. I mean, I'm... I'm I, sorry. I'm, I never had a con- such a conversation with my it's grandmother. unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable warped thinking. You don't wonder, you know... Th- oh, it's just so frustrating, you know, to see this stuff. And it's like you have a microphone in front of your face on national TV telling a story like that with two of your children around. All right. So, all right, so, you, so Scott, you got to make a choice. Now. Are you going to Are you going to play the teacher... Saying crazy things, or are we going to go back and play something no, from playing, Jada Pinkett Smith? No, of course I'm not playing the Jada Pinkett Smith. That's ridiculous. But this is this is just as ridiculous. But tell me if this even makes any sense okay. to you. Because this person apparently thinks that they're talking to a bunch of kids, first graders, that are you know basically believing everything he says. And he, I think he's so out of touch that he doesn't realize that it's being recorded and that somehow, you know, he's not talking to adults. If he was talking to adults, he'd be left out of the room. Yeah. And I cannot believe these people actually have a license to teach. Yeah. I think this person here that you're about to hear should be locked up for pedophilia yeah. and locked up for uh, misguiding peop- uh, children. And he has a, a fiduciary duty to treat these children and teach these children math, science, English, you know, that kind of thing. Let's take a listen. And something something cool about me, Miss Hammond? All right. All right. So something that's really cool and unique about who I am is that I am transgender. So we touched a little bit about that at the beginning of this week uh, in the book that Miss Hammond read. But I'm going to give you my explanation about what it means to be transgender as well. So when babies are born, the doctor looks at them and they make a guess about whether the baby is a boy or a girl based on what they look like. And most of the time, that guess is 100% correct. There are no issues whatsoever. Um, But sometimes the doctor is wrong. The doctor makes an incorrect guess. Um, When the doctor makes a correct guess, that's when a person is called cisgender. When a doctor's guess is wrong, that's when they are transgender. So I'm a man. But when I was a baby, the doctors told my parents I was a girl. And so my parents gave me a name that girls typically have and bought me clothes that girls typically wear. Um, And until I was 18 years old, everyone thought I was a girl. And this was super, super uncomfortable for me because I knew that wasn't right. Um, The way I like to describe it is like wearing a super itchy sweater. Um, The longer you wear it, the itchier it gets. And the only way to make the itching stop is to have everyone see and know the person that you really are. So when I was 18, I told my family and my friends that I'm really a boy. And it was like this huge weight had been lifted off of my shoulders and I had the freedom to be who I truly am. And even though this experience is super challenging sometimes, um, I am. it made me the person I am and I'm super proud to be transgender. Seriously, an itchy sweater. (laughs) So can you imagine children who are listening to this are now suddenly wondering, hmm, am I a boy or am I a girl? And then they're running to their parents and saying, mommy, daddy, did, did you make a mistake? Could I could I be could I possibly be a boy? I, I don't know. When I was in the first grade, I still played with dolls, and I believed in Santa Claus. I mean, I, I mean, the, this is this is ludicrous. I mean, this is 
this is inappropriate. It's do- it is indoctrination that is happening, and they're putting oh it God, under the veneer of it's criminal. He, listen to the tone in his voice. He is talking like he is telling a story to a child, which is what he is, he is doing. To children, but He's you got, know, if you notice in the beginning of that, uh, abnormal. If you notice in the beginning of that, he says Miss Hannon. So he was. He was accompanied by another adult. The teacher. They were they were yeah. in it together. Yeah, on a Zoom uh, experience. So you have two adults, basically, in this scenario, and I'm sure there were more involved. We just heard about two in this interaction that are indoctrinating children in that one anecdote. So here's a professional show. Um, uh, this one, too, is these uh, these adults talking to children. Let's take a listen. This is how much they want to confuse your children. Hi, I'm Nadine, a sex educator. And I'm Eva, a sex researcher. I use the pronouns she and her because I'm a woman, and when I was your age, I used to be a girl. Gender is how you feel on the inside about whether you're a boy or a girl, a man or a woman. If you're non-binary, feel like neither or both. People can also be fluid, feel more like female, more like male, on a, based on a different day or time. It's really individual. Absolutely. Everyone born with a vulva is a girl. True or false? Or identifies as a girl. Not everybody is sure, and that makes sense. But our genitals actually don't determine our gender. So some people born with vulvas can be boys. Hi, I'm Nadine. (laughs) Again, I mean, uh, Scott... You don't know. Your genitals do determine your gender. Every now and then you have somebody who's born as a hermaphrodite who's got a mix of male and female chromosomes and uh, and parts. That happens once in a, a very blue moon. It's okay, sad, this uh, your gender. Got, do, your genitals do determine your gender. This got, is a bunch of hogwash. I got one more from Libs of TikTok. It says trans non-binary. By the way, th- this to me is so not funny. It's you not funny I mean? at it all. Is absolutely. Uh, not funny. It's the opposite of funny. It's, no, I it makes agree me with you. Absolutely angry. Um, but uh, lives of TikTok. It's hard, you know, and you have to play this stuff because it's hard to even comprehend it that yeah. people are doing this. Yeah, you know that's the thing. I I would have never believed this if I, I didn't see it with my own eyes. No, I wouldn't have either. And uh, and this is the part. This is the reason why I'm playing it. Um, Libs of TikTok uh, says, uh, which is a cool site. It's um, by the way. There's another great YouTube channel. It's out of India, mm-hmm. and it's a news channel. W I O N. Oh yeah, that's a great channel. I want everybody to look that up. It's W I O N. It's a really great cons- conservative news channel. And there's this woman that uh, I don't know. I forget her name, but she she's um, she puts together these really great titles. And maybe if you well. We, we'll, we'll share some of these titles down the road, but um, the idea is is that they, uh, I think that they're, they would be considered my go-to news channel. Uh, they're international, so you know they're covering issues about Ukraine. They're covering issues about India's in, influence and impact on the Ukraine conflict. They're covering um, the history of Zelensky. In ways that you don't hear our mainstream press hear it, um, and on YouTube they're still they still exist, but you know Russian Today and Rupley, uh, which are Russian uh, news news outlets, they've been completely taken down. That's why when I see a photo shoot from Zelensky, which he happens to do just about every single day now, 
um, he's doing some sort of propaganda piece. And it's being carried by all the Western outlets. And they're allowed to cover that, but they're not allowed to. But if you're Russia or if you're Juanita Broderick, or you know, you're going to be censored on social media. And uh, that's no way to be. Uh, I think that you know, even if, if, if I was a war strategist, I would want to know what the Russians were saying. I would want to know what their people are being uh, are hearing. Her name and, is and, Prinka Sharma. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she, she does some really She's great stuff. She's great. So WION, I just discovered it this weekend, and uh, I would recommend it to anybody. Uh, go on YouTube and just type in WION, and uh, you'll find really interesting uh, Eight-minute to nine-minute exposés and clips. Actually, I've also heard her name is called Palky. Maybe Palky <laughs> is short for Prinka. Okay. All right. But so she's let's great. take another listen to this. This is a libs from TikTok. Trans non-binary elementary teacher says three-year-olds are old enough to learn about gender, identity, sexual orientation, and pronouns. These are the people teaching our kids. Hi, I'm a queer teacher, and I 1,000% do not support this bill. And yes, I do know what's in it in itself is just another way to stigmatize the LGBTQ plus community. Kids as young as three and four are actually aware of their gender identity, even if they don't have the language for it. So very aware of who they like and who they don't like. Heterosexuality is pushed on our kids on a daily basis at a very young age. Media, through books, the first Disney movie that you saw. To say that pre-K through third grade are not ready for such topics is actually internalized homophobia and transphobia very much ready for these topics and are way more accepting than adults when it comes to discussing these topics. We can talk about gender, gender assumptions, pronouns, all the things. And it is child development appropriate and age appropriate. It's literally created as just another means to other queer people. Basically say that us existing is not normal. And the person has blue hair. Um, <laughs> you know, peach, that, uh, That's the least thing that's wrong with this person. Yeah. No, but you know, the first time I saw Disney was Cinderella or Jimmy Jimmy the Cricket, uh, right? Yeah, Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, Jiminy Cricket, um, uh, Pinocchio. Yeah, those are tales that tell, tell us that you know, um, if you tell a lie, your nose will grow. Right. Exactly. Okay. There and was we there were fables we, in there. There, there were, were messages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just uh, uh, it's no, a I, safe place to go to school. Yeah. And now. Um, well, it's like like what's happening with Disney is that I think there's some new guideline that you know we, that's been talked about a lot that 50 yeah. percent of the characters and, have to be you know transgender or uh, inter or illegal aliens or something. California schools they have um, a situation where they have a situation where um, eighth graders are reading at a fifth grade level now. It, it's it's absolutely deteriorating at the core. Yeah, and. Um, and what's going to happen then is just like they've done with other minority groups, uh, they're going to set new SAT standards yeah. for different uh, uh, races and genders. It's going to be so confusing. It's like, well, this person sees the world differently than, say, this person. So therefore, we can't grade them on a universal score because they're special. And then we have yeah. no actual level playing ground on which to evaluate people. You know, and I, I actually think that Again, you could say, you could make the argument, for example, that uh, the Ukraine war, the Ukraine-Russian war has something to do with climate because the price of oil is going up mm -hmm. and we're going to consume less. And you yeah. can make that argument. And, and I actually have a, a, a theory, too, that 
and again, I don't think this is a central theory or an over uh, overarching theory. I think it is a partial, uh, a, a con- contributing theory, mm-hmm. a supplement. But this whole thing, you know, how many children can you have if you're a male male or a female female? Zero. Right. So we all heard those clips of Bill Gates saying, you know, the world's population is like nine point, you know, going upwards of nine billion. Uh, we'd like to see that number drop to about six and a half billion. Right. You know, drop it a little bit lower. We'd like the, that number. And Jane Goodall said, um, you know, the world is getting warmer and the population is 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 very uh much a problem now elon musk on the other hand is saying uh elon musk is saying the world's population is diminishing Mm -hmm. and that's going to be a critical problem elon musk thinks that the world's population isn't growing fast enough but globalists like bill gates and say jane goodall you know very, very radically left people uh tend to think that the world's population is too strong too great and so therefore um you know this uh, indoctrination of same-sex uh situations mm-hmm. prevents you from having children yeah right i remember when the anita brian in the 70s said you know of course the the lbgt well she didn't it wasn't all that yeah, i didn't have that many of words course it was gays, an alphabet yeah, soup it then was gay, it was, of course gays need to re, uh, recruit because they can't reproduce well that's exactly what it is and, uh, but they are now reproducing indirectly because there's adoption happening but it's going to have yeah but adoption doesn't grow the world's population true you see what i mean and but there's and there also are surrogacies happening where people are that's true, yeah. and that does help grow, but it, that's going to go at less. You're not going to have like um, eight kids yeah. if you're true. There. You true. know what I mean? You're not going to have these big families, right? And um, and not only that, but you can you can have sex without the risk of getting pregnant, right? Right? I mean, am I right? I guess. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you know, is that how it works? <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, the thing is, is that I, I believe there is an element to this, and I haven't really dissected. No, that, I, that I think far, you've got a point. I mean, it's in line with their um, uh, agenda. And, and you know what that does again, Scott? That's another um, cutaway at our Judeo-Christian values because I mean, not that people aren't supposed to take pleasure in sex, but part of the original purpose of it was to have children. Yeah. And and when you're creating a scenario where you completely strip the child-making possibility out of the practice, then you're going against what the whole concept of re- of, of sex for reproductive purposes is. So I'm looking at a meme right now it says your enemy is not in russia and each one of those words in that sentence yeah is in front of kamala harris joe biden nancy pelosi barack obama hillary clinton and george soros yeah and also just in tell me that nato is not getting stronger tell me that nato is not part of the uh the new world order tell me that the five eyes is not part of the new world order we just read an article last week about the hypersonic um pact Mm -hmm. uh, because china and russia are well ahead of us in these hypersonic weapons Mm -hmm. uh so 
we're starting a pact with our Five Eyes partners. Who are the Five Eyes partners? New Zealand, Australia, Canada, United Kingdom, and the United States. Who were the people that actually supported and endorsed and pushed the Russian hoax? Those same countries, right? GCHQ over in uh, UK, uh, Canada, Trudeau, the socialist that wants to run horses over your face if you're honking your horn too loud, like if you're an Ottawa trucker. Um, the Australians that will shoot you in the face with a rubber bullet. And, and the same thing in New Zealand. Um, or the globalists here in America that will actually lock you up for protesting about a rigged election and throw away the key and not even give you a court date, right, in J6. I'm talking about the worst evil on the planet. And these people are part of NATO. They're part of the globalist movement that's worse than communism ever was. And these are the people that are asking us for their support in the conflict of Ukraine. And I believe this. They're causing chaos. They caused this. They had a blueprint for success in Afghanistan until they didn't. And what they did then is took those refugees, had them hanging from a plane, and shipped them to Wisconsin. And now they're going to become voters for the Democrat Party. And they did that. They exploited those refugees for political purposes, for slave labor. Because it's not just enough about the multinational corporations that are owned by BlackRock and Vanguard. It's not just enough about them gaining access to the Chinese slave labor markets and those Uyghurs that are rotting in a prison cell working their butts off to make your uh, silicone chips or, or Nike shoes. But it's beyond that. Because now, you know, you still have these... Um, domesticated uh, corporations and services, whether it's hospitality or whether it's uh, general services uh, for jobs that people who are so-called college degreed don't want to do. All right. And that means, you know, work in the agricultural fields, the vineyards, the che- uh, making cheese, whatever it is, uh, car, auto, automobiles, meatpacking uh, industries where no one wants to do those slaughterhouse jobs or working on farms or driving a livery car for 18 hours a day, you know, like an Uber or Lyft, um, working the dishwasher in the basement of a restaurant, uh, doing the linens and working, uh, washing the tablecloths and the towels for the hotels. All these jobs that require you know, very low skill, low wage, long hours, well, they don't have enough employees because they have a diminishing population. But there's a definite need for them or else these pe- right. play places cannot provide the proper right. level so of service. the corporations service. that are actually benefiting from that give the money to the politicians and the politicians make it happen. You need refugees. You need open borders. You need Mexicans. You need uh, – well, now it's not just Mexicans, right? I mean it's, it's people coming across the border from 152 different nations. There's 178 exactly. total. So um, it's, it's absolutely insane. But um, just in, Finland and Sweden set to join NATO as soon as the summer, as per the times. It used to be that Finland and Sweden would stay out of uh, geopolitics. Well, apparently times, are, they are changing. Yeah, and, uh, and you better believe that this is going to be NATO, the North, North Atlantic Treaty or. Uh, uh, no. Organization or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, NATO. 
NATO is going to be a big, huge part of this. And then the Five Eyes uh, partners. Um, this is all going to be part. And I, I, I can envision a, an American Union. I can yeah. envision that. I can envision um, a conglomerate. And so what, mm-hmm. what they do is they're pushing Russia. They're pushing China and Russia together. And they just overthrew, by the way, Imran Khan. Yeah. So Imran Khan, the head of uh, the leader of Pakistan, was ousted. He admits it. This was a United States-backed coup against Pakistan. And again, WION is covering that story in a bigger way. They're from India. And I guess that you know Imran Khan was was a good leader for the Indian-Pakistan relations. Mm-hmm. But in any case. Um, you know, we're we should be we should not be in the nation building business. Absolutely. And the not. reason why we overthrew Pakistan is because the globalist communist tyrants led by people like Joe Biden are overthrowing countries. You know, the Obama regime did it in Egypt, overthrowing Mubarak in place of Morsi, a Muslim Brotherhood person. Mm-hmm. And then now we have al Sisi. It was Turkey's Erdogan that was aligned with Obama, but they were trying to destabilize Syria and finance ISIS rebels and mercenaries to uh, uh, all to, to gain the oil that was not being controlled by any org- entity in Iraq. Um, they overthrew Gaddafi. You know, we talk about this a lot on this show, probably more than any other show that I can think of, and that's because it's all connected and tied together. This globalist movement is all about do it our way, do it our way, or or we'll censor you, we'll cut you off of every social media platform. You will not have a, a voice. You'll be irrelevant. And it's proven to be the case that, you know, one of the things that um, has been the most powerful weapon and tool is this censorship from social media. Yeah. Because if you are, are not able to be heard, then you're not able to be understood. And there's no um, dialogue going on either. So, you know, let's take a look at this. This is more gaslighting. This is Hillary Clinton still not getting over. She, she rigged. It's been, it's been what, five you years? You can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. This is over the weekend. And you can have the election stolen from you. Yeah. Get over it. Get and over it. That, Take another walk in the woods. This comes at a time when everybody's now understanding that she was behind the Russian hoax. And she sits up there on this stage, you know, and again, Bill Clinton just put out the Clinton Gateway Initiative. Yeah. Which is a slush fund for yeah. her new campaign. Yeah. I guarantee you she's going to, she's positioning herself, putting herself in a position to run. I'm see, I'm hearing a lot. I'm hearing Buttigieg and I'm hearing yeah. a lot of other people, Beto, O'Rourke, uh, who are considering a challenge against, uh, yeah. say, Biden for the, pri- for the Democrat Party. And so it'll be interesting to see uh, th- this, uh, how this all plays out. Um, so we're seeing a lot of different things falling into place. Uh, let's take a listen to uh, 
Let's take a listen to this emotional, passionate thing. We were talking about teachers. Yeah. This is a guy out of Australia. This is a, uh, an elected official. Let's take a listen. Of, of the Minister for Education, and I have to say it is not often in this job I am absolutely shocked. I thought I'd, I thought I'd seen everything. Uh, but this one um, is, um, is uh, just, just beyond words. Uh, it is a, a, a note from a constituent who says, Hi, Bernie, this is a worksheet that my 10-year-old daughter brought home from school, and it includes a photo of the worksheet. Part of her homework was to discuss with her father his erections and ejaculation. I find this very disturbing and sickening, as indeed do I, I have to say. I have complained to the school and was told it was just part of the curriculum. Can you advise who else I should make a complaint to? Well, I could go on for days uh, who she could complain to. My daughter still plays with dolls and writes letters to the Tooth Fairy. There is no way any little girl should be told to ask these questions. Well, so say all of us. What the hell is going on in this state when 10-year-old girls are told to go home and talk to your father about his erections and about his ejaculations? What the hell is going on here? How the hell are we supposed to protect our kids when this sort of perversion is in our schools. This is what is being dished up to them on a daily basis in a primary school. Not even a secondary school, a primary school. This is just unbelievable. It's staggering. I could not imagine the reaction. I have three daughters. I could not imagine the reaction of any of them if they were told to, to, to do that. They would be traumatised for life. I don't think they'd ever recover. Not sure I'd ever recover. This is this is just deplorable. Intentional. It is. Isn't yeah, it? I know. I was shocked when, when when I heard that. But this is the slippery slope oh. in which we are on now. One last thing um, about Elon Musk. So he's not going to be part of the board. He's not going to be on the board, but he's still going to be a shareholder because the being on the board limits his ability to to get more shares. So he could buy more shares, have more power. If he's not and- on the board. And be a bigger influence. Exactly. And not only that. And influence the board. And not only that, but he he, he doesn't have to control his behavior. Yes. He doesn't have to moderate. He doesn't have to go to all those stupid meetings. Well, it's not just that. (laughs) It's he could be his fun self. Exactly. And and, uh, really uh, be a maverick for good. A a game, a real game changer. Um. And uh, I, that was, yeah, that's about it. I, <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, that, no, that, that last the, clip did it. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the clock, too. <laughs> and uh, I just, uh, you know, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Scott Adams Show. Uh, be sure to check out MAGAPAC.org. We're supporting America First policies. We're not endorsing these candidates that you've been like Oz and people like that. And if it wasn't for the support we get from our nonprofit partners, uh, and their donations they receive to help uh, uh, Red State Talk Radio and Scott Adams Show and deliver our America First policy messages uh, that we believe wholeheartedly so true and dear, um, then, you know, we can't do it alone. We can't do it without your help. This is a 501c3 tax-deductible donation you can make over at magapac.org and also buglecall.org which is the parent company uh, uh, organization that's a nonprofit. 
Also, be sure to check out MyPillow.com and use Red State as your promo code to get the biggest discounts on the planet over there. And support Mike Lindell. And, uh, and, uh, and then be sure to check out ScottAdamsShow.Substack.com. And with that, my name's Scott Adams. My name is Leonora Cravetta. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye bye. Now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.